0: Thanks for joining us at Colts to Consciousness. This storytelling podcast is meant to be for entertainment purposes only and does not substitute for any medical advice. We may discuss triggering topics, and we ask that you make your personal mental health a priority. Lastly, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the host.
1: Everything that you ever repressed, misunderstood, that's going to come out on a spectrum of trauma responses that will literally shape who you are. So this is what psychedelics can open up. They're as beautiful as they are horrific when it comes to showing us the good, the bad, the darkest parts of ourselves.
0: Hey guys, my name is Shalise Ansola, and this is Cults to Consciousness, where we discuss leaving high demand religions or organizations and finding healing and independence through awareness and true individual sovereignty. As always, if you would prefer to see our faces, go to my YouTube channel, Cults to Consciousness. Like, subscribe, all the things, leave your comments. We are going to start featuring comments on the channel, so if you have any burning questions, drop them below. I'm thrilled to have this guest on. She is an expert in psychedelics and let me list some of her credentials here. She has a master's of education in counseling psychology with a specialty in addictions and mental health. She is a Canadian certified counselor. She has a BA in psychology. She is a certified clinical counseling hypnotherapist, and she is passionate about offering support and integration for those who have had awakening, transcendent, near-death, and post-psychedelic experiences. So she's got a lot of credentials, guys. Uh, <laughs> she is a late-diagnosed neurodivergent in the past two years, which has inspired her to walk others through similar Journeys, and she is just one of the most kind and loving and sweetest people <laughs> that I know. So I'm so excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Brittany Bannerman. Yay! Thank you. Hello. I'm so excited (laughs) to be here. (laughs) And I mean, look at that hair. You're freaking awesome. I just love you so much. Thank you. If you are watching this video, that means you're interested in psychedelics. Is psychedelic therapy right for you? We're going to be talking about uh, how psychedelics are good in treating trauma, how to actually do the work, the things that people don't talk about when it comes to psychedelics, maybe the shadow side that people tend to, I don't know, push into the shadows, (laughs) is a good candidate and who is potentially not a good candidate for psychedelics so a lot of juicy information in here Brittany. you have been an expert in the psychedelic field because you have about 11 years of experience through your own personal use of plant medicine and also with your clients so you are the perfect person to talk about this (laughs) and i can't wait to pick your brain what is it that makes you so passionate about psychedelic therapy
1: yeah um well, I th- I think that the biggest thing for me is that it allows us to really enter into these expanded states of consciousness so that we can... Get into that deep transformative healing, get into layers that we can't normally access. And so I really consider this work to be super fundamental to allowing us to clear out and realign with and reclaim our true self so that we can move towards wholeness. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that that's what a lot of kind of what the human beings are, are, are doing in our lives is we're attempting to always move toward feeling more whole. Um, and I'm really passionate about the transformational aspects of expanded consciousness experiences. Um, and then how we would integrate those into our lives. And so, you know, you read out all my, my letters behind my name. <laughs> so, um, I've been really lucky to be able to research different psychedelic substances, plant medicines, um, extensively, both personally and then academically and professionally as well. And I've just seen the impact. I've, I mean, I've felt and lived the impact of, um, psychedelics and actually had my, my own, like, first ever awakening experience when I was on a psychedelic. Um, wow. and that really just, like, solidified a lot of things I was studying at the time in non-duality and Buddhism and things like that. So, um, I've lived it and then I've seen the impact of it in people's lives and in the lives of clients and, and all of that. So yeah, it's just shifted my world. And, uh, so I became really passionate about, Just continuing to learn about it and um, be able to, you know, kind of guide people through what it means to expand our consciousness and the impact of that.
0: Wow. Yeah, I think the word awakening is something that people often use when describing psychedelic experiences. And I'm curious if you have noticed in your clients people awakening from high demand groups or religious groups and what that kind of looks like.
1: It's wild to me because like where my brain goes is, is you know, kind of people waking up out of all sorts of programming, um, especially, you know, when they've been using psychedelics because it really shows us what's kind of what's actually going on, what we're up to kind of seeing things in that way. And so it starts to break, it, it can break things down. So starting to deconstruct things. And as that starts to happen, you know, it kind of makes people sit back and go, wait a minute, <laughs> do I believe this? Do I like this? Is this serving me? Opening up people's eyes to more of the reality of what's going on um, and maybe the impact of some of the beliefs or the the culture, um, especially around the high-demand religious um, organizations and groups.
0: So what is it about psychedelics that literally – open up the mind is it i guess it depends on the substance that we're talking about and if you want to go into specific substances you can or speak generally but what is it that causes these people to have these enlightening awakening experiences when using them
1: you know it's it's interesting as well because like not every time that people will use psychedelics do they have that big expansive ego, death, oneness, transcendent experience or the mystical experience. It can happen. Um, and it does usually eventually happen to anybody that continues to use psychedelics, but, um, there's really no, well, there's a lot of different factors, I guess, that play into it. Um, I think about my, my, uh, my, my master's thesis. So I studied, um, what I termed um, the transformational effect of exceptional human experiences. So EHEs, uh, and that's just another term for like a catch-all term for those expanded state. Um, so transcendent experiences, mystical experiences, out of body, near death. It kind of captures all of that. Um, and in that, I wanted to, I, I studied it looking at specifically the containers of Shambhala Music Festival up in Canada here and um, and Burning Man. And I interviewed people that had had exceptional human experiences at those places, and some of them used psychedelics to get there and some of them didn't. The container in which somebody is taking the psychedelics really seems to impact it. And kind of what I found through my research was that it seemed like these spaces specifically were sort of uh, creating those more uh, liminal spaces outside of time kind of a thing that would allow for these uh, exceptional human experiences to open up. Um, and so... There's certainly a lot of different, like, you know, we talk about set and setting, all of those things. There's lots of different factors. Um, but essentially, I mean, I'm not a chemist, so it's hard to get into, like, all the brain stuff about <laughs> it. Um, but we we know that psychedelics, you know, and entheogens, like, it stands for mind manifester. So it's kind of like the way I've heard it described is like taking a, what's that called? Like, a, like binoculars or like a telescope, but turning it inward and mm. being able to magnify and see what is going on in the mind. And then if that magnification, I think, is, is intense enough, it will expand, blow your mind, I guess.
0: <laughs> yes, they have definitely yeah. blown my mind in the past. So yes. with that in mind, Anytime. if basically what they do is turn your gaze inward, change your perspective. What are the ways that it can help with healing trauma? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a really
1: good quote that I love um, from Jeff Brown. I'd love to read because it kind of prefaces the like what I'll be digging into here with you. Um, So what he and, and I, I don't know where this is from. I pulled it off of his Facebook page. So it's probably from one of his books. Um, But it reads, they say it takes two to tango when people describe a relational conflict. Well, actually, it takes 200, 2000, 2 million to tango. We are all composites of, ancest- of the ancestral trauma and unhealthy patterns that preceded us. So that's not to say that there aren't victims of aggression in certain dynamics. Abusers need to be held accountable for their actions. But it is to say that so much of what happens in relationships is a function of everything and everyone that has come before. Mm. To really understand what is happening, to finally reach a stage where change is possible, we must go back in time and make sense of where we came from. We must come to understand the ways that our lineage influences our choices and shapes our behaviors. If we don't do this work, then we can be certain of one thing in this lifetime. Nothing will change. We will continue to perpetuate the unhealthy cycles of those who came before and to pass them on like a toxic generational baton to (laughs) those that follow. If you want a healthier future, you have to go back in time. So, psychedelics help us in so many ways. I think when it comes to healing trauma, they allow us to allow for our hearts to break open, mm. to finally begin to like tap in and connect to the emotion that's stored within our heart and within the tissues of our bodies. Um, And so, you know, when we take psychedelics. Um, and if we're doing that for the, with the intention of, of, you know, going in and doing some of this work, we might start to notice that we're shaking. We might vibrate, we might cry or laugh or hum, sing, dance. Um, and all of this helps to release trauma from the body. So, like, one thing that I'll tell, you know, people is, like, if you notice that you're getting, like, a little bit, like, teeth chattery and, like, your jaw's kind of shaky, you know, that's a good thing. That means that there's some stuff leaving. So, this all helps release trauma from the body. And then whether or not we understand it all right away, fundamentally, it's it's really about moving that out of the body any way we can in safe spaces where we're held and supported. And I think that psychedelics help to expedite that process. So mm-hmm. it's like a, like a trippy emotional enema. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's amazing. It's true. Whenever I've done any type of psychedelics, um, whether it's mushrooms or ayahuasca, it just cracks you open in a way that You can't really stop it. It's like once you're on the journey, you're on the journey, and you just have to relinquish yourself and just give in and surrender and allow yourself. Because, and tell me your thoughts on this whenever you, uh, at least people that I've been with and tried to help before, it seems like whenever they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't know, I'm scared, I want to do this, it's even harder of an experience. And it physically is harder than if you just uh, like relax into it and let your body, like you said, purge all. of that energy yeah yeah yeah
1: exactly i mean there's the sort of cliche um like what is that i guess it's just a cliche of (laughs) um what we resist persists Mm.
0: um
1: we talk about that a lot in therapy and then with psychedelics um so yeah the more that we push back against what is being revealed or what is happening you in my experience, usually like the worse it gets, um, in the times that I've been able to be like, okay, fine. <laughs> I give up.
0: I surrender. I'm
1: done. And it's not just like, you can't just say I surrender. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an action, right? It's like a, and the way I think about it too, is like this, I was shown actually on a journey once and they were like showing me how to how to surrender what it felt like. So interesting. Um, and I remember like my consciousness was like at the front of my face, I guess (laughs) my, my eyes, but as I was leaning into surrender, it felt like I was like sinking my consciousness back, like back, 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 even like into the ground or something. And they were showing me like what that felt like in that moment. And so I found that really interesting.
0: That is so interesting, and I've definitely felt that as well. Where if you're laying on a couch, you're not laying on the couch; you're laying in the couch. <laughs> it just yeah, it just feels <laughs> like you're wrapped into this world while your brain is in a different dimension. <laughs> so, yes. So then, yeah. how does trauma emerge differently for neurotypicals and neurodivergent people? Hmm. Yeah.
1: So there's kind of you know different. Symptoms of, of trauma, um, of PTSD, of things like that. Um, one of which is, you know, really noticing that we have a frazzled nervous system. Our nervous system is pretty fried. So we become really stuck in different states, um, that usually like correspond with how we cope. So you can get stuck in any of these states and you will experience all of them. But usually we kind of have like our go-to <laughs> that we'll do. Um, so for example, like women that have been socialized in our culture will often resort to fawning or freezing, you know, maybe more than they would do the fighting. Right. So we can get stuck in freeze. We can get stuck in fight flight. Um, or that fawning response, which, you know, you can also think about that as like people pleasing kind of codependency sort of behaviors. Um, and then, you know, when you have trauma that is unaddressed over time or something so intense that it's led to ptsd or cptsd complex ptsd um you know this can lead to experiencing a lot of hypervigilance because your nervous system's like on and you're ready at all times um, anger. We can have recurring nightmares and sleep issues. It can lead to depression, persistent states of fear, aggression, irritability, um, and a hard time concentrating, remembering things. So people get a lot of brain fog. Um, people can become really quick to react to things that may seem pretty innocuous to others, but these are usually triggers tied to their traumas. And then, you know, people will experience looping thoughts, especially an overemphasis on negative thoughts. Um, and I, you know, actually I was just reading this article. It's from 2018 though. So I need to see what other research has come out. But um, this article about how neurodivergence, you know, for a while there, they they were thinking that we didn't have PTSD, <laughs> um, which is pretty crazy because if you're a human, you know you're gonna end up experiencing some sort of trauma, whether or not that manifests into full blown post traumatic stress disorder remains to be seen. With neurodivergence, they actually aren't even, they haven't done a lot of research so much yet to f- figure out how it manifests and and how we might actually like have different kinds of symptoms. So, um, but one of the interesting traumas that I've stumbled into as I've been learning about my own neurodivergence is, and I don't believe that this is like um, a term that's been picked up yet By professionals and stuff, but I hope that it will be, um, is what's been called invalidation trauma for Mm. neurodivergence. So this can lead to really deeply seated CPTSD. Um, and that piece is really about not being seen for who we actually are, Mm. not being, not having our, our true authentic selves mirrored back to us. Because most of the time, what we actually got was like, Hey, you're being too loud you know, stop fidgeting, quit moving around. Why are you singing, you know, or whatever? Um, And so, yeah, we very quickly, and a lot of us, you know, are highly intelligent. And so we really quickly learned like, oh, I will be shunned if I don't do those things, so or if I do those things, so I better not do them. Um, So I can't be myself. And we learn that right away. So we take ourselves and everybody does this also to an extent, right? Even neurotypicals, because the culture requires you to act and behave in certain ways, follow certain rules and norms. Um, it's just it's really magnified for neurodivergence. So we take ourselves and we shove them down, deep, deep down, and then create layers on top that are sort of false identities or what we call masks um, in the neurodivergent community and, and in general. Um, so... But people with more autistic traits, um, they, I was reading how they will display a specific form of PTSD, especially characterized by hy- hyper arousal. So, um, they may be more easily startled, insomnia, predisposed to anger and anxiety, and have even more trouble concentrating, thinking than is seen in other forms of PTSD. Yeah.
0: So in all these cases, um, everything that you listed as far as the symptoms and how trauma emerges, is that within the umbrella of being on a psychedelic journey or does that translate after or is that just in general before you introduce psychedelics?
1: that man! you're coming in with the really amazing question. <laughs> yes, I love it. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Well- The thing with, uh, PTSD symptoms and like trauma in general and what I find interesting and really sad about trauma, uh, is that like it, it, it takes over, it takes over your whole life. So, you know, yeah, like even your personality, you know, especially for neurodivergence can become just totally shaped around the trauma, what happened and protecting yourself from it happening again. Um, so of course, you know, um, my teacher's popping into my head with a quote. Um, he used to say, wherever you go, there you are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So wherever you go, also there's your trauma. Um, so even when you're, you know, you're taking psychedelics, it is there with you. Um, so yeah, you know, we would definitely see these, some of these symptoms coming up. Um, that's why it's really important to, you know, be aware of what you're kind of packing, um, into these journeys because anything can happen and anything can come out. Um, so, you know, you might have a, a big aggression episode <laughs> or something, right? You, you, or, um, you know, or more commonly, like a lot of breaking down and just like cathartic crying, screaming, yeah. moaning, groaning, rolling around, like, you know, um, but yeah, it's it's all there. It, it's always yeah. there every day, even with, you know, even during these sessions.
0: Something that I've heard people say, and I think you've said this before as well, is that psychedelics can certainly be an incredible tool to release this trauma, as we have mentioned. But it's just the start. You need so much yeah. integration. And that's where a therapist comes in or a shaman or someone that you trust to help you through the information that just kind of vomited out in front of you. So what do you have to say about the integration process? And then I'd love to get into more of the dark side and the stuff that people don't talk about as you were just saying (laughs) how the trauma can come out in unexpected ways.
1: Yeah. So integration is so, so important. Um, You know, I don't know how many journeys I've seen where, you know, whatever happens, especially even sometimes where people are like, well, that was kind of meh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know what I got out of that. Uh, and then, you know, working on the integration aspects afterwards. And when I speak with people, you know, I tell them like, like your journey is, is just, that's like the first step. Like you said, like that's the first step. And then everything after is, is, Almost more important. So it's how are you taking the insights that you've had and using them to change your life, to shift things? Um, how is it informing the way that you show up for yourself, for others in relationships at work? You know, um, it can involve a huge perspective shift for people mm-hmm. and really rock their lives in ways that like, it's like like I say, like once you see some of this stuff, you can't unsee it. So that then integration becomes so important. And you know, if you've ever talked to somebody that ha- has had like a bad trip, I'm I'm doing air quotes. Yeah, it's not on YouTube. <laughs> um, you know, you can tell that they're still carrying that with them. They can tell you all about it. And for some people, it's super trauma. That is traumatizing in itself. Um, and so you know, and I don't know how many people I've talked to that. You know, I'm like, well, have you worked on integrating that? Right. And a lot of people haven't. They're like, oh, I just, I don't want to think about that. And I'm like, oh my God, there's so much gold in there. Like <laughs> the dark shit is where it's at. <laughs> That's yeah. Where, like it's really fun to go meet God or go um, <laughs> to fly through the cosmos, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, woo, so much fun. But um where the rubber hits the road, I think is really like getting into the, the deep dark stuff and facing your dragons and get, face the dragon, get the gold. Yeah. So integration is so important. And it's a really slippery concept too. Cause I mean, what is it? Like it's life. It's living too. It's, it's every day after your journey and what that looks like. Um, and it never ends. Like I'm still integrating from my very first awakening experience with psychedelics. And yeah. that was in 2012 or 2013, you know, yeah. like 10 years later, here I am still on un- like finding pieces of this. And I'm like, oh my God, that's what that was. That's what that meant. <sighs> so it's so cool to me kind of how it like weaves together um, over time. And that's why I love the process of integration.
0: Yeah, I can't tell you the amount of times that I'm just going about my day and I'm like, oh, I remember that happened and I need to keep that lesson going. So like one of them, to give a tangible example, um, when I experienced mushrooms for the first time, it was way too big of a dose. The person I was with, let's just say he gave me too big of a dose and (laughs) (laughs) probably should have done a little bit more research. I mean, it was fine, but it was definitely insane. And... There were meeting aliens and that type of thing. But on the more tangible side, the thing that keeps coming back to me was like time is happening all at once. Like nothing is really linear. I was popping back Mm -hmm. to moments in time going forward, seeing past life stuff. And I I don't know, maybe it was just my brain doing crazy things. Maybe it was real. What's reality? But what I kept remembering is this moment where I was just pulled up out of my body basically looking at my life as if it were one of those maps that you see on crime shows where they have like the circles and the lines coming out (laughs) and this is connected and that's good i was like wow there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here and i remember thinking none of it really matters like i'm giving this little pie chart way too much weight in my life and this one like yeah it sucked but Why are you still carrying that? And so every now and then I go back to this perspective of sometimes you just have to let go. And it's definitely easier said than done. But that's what I love about psychedelics is when you're in that state of mind, you go, Oh, I ca- I do have the capability of letting that go. It's when we yes. go back into our daily lives and we're trying to integrate that information that mm-hmm. the ego comes back, that our doubts comes back, come back, the fear and everything. And so it's just those little moments of remembering that it's possible that make everything a little bit better.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, my my. Uh, I, I journey with a dear friend of mine often and she uh we, we have like a joke between us where we'll say, Hey, I'm starting to forget. It's time to go back in again.
0: Yeah. You know, because yeah. it, it
1: does, like it fades, right? And and actually when you were talking about your your experience there, I was like, Oh man, did you if you if you remember or remembered, um it would be so interesting to like have you draw out
0: oh my like gosh, your body yes. and then
1: like the different like things that you're shown and stuff. I don't know if you did that, but uh, that's a beautiful integration activity.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Actually, I would love to have you talk about a couple of things that people can do like actual things or exercises that they can do to integrate.
1: Mm, yeah. Um, so one thing that we recommend is, uh, It doesn't have to be right away it doesn't have to be the same day as you just did a journey um but at least the next day um to basically write out like a a trip report a journey report yeah um as much as you can remember and then as you're doing that usually like more pieces come in you're like oh yeah this happened and Mm -hmm. I have to go back and add that in at the beginning or time is very timey-wimey um so we (laughs) get people to do that like right away because it does fade um and then you know and I've also depending on what people's like proclivities are um sometimes doing like some sort of like art piece you know, drawing some of what you saw or just like colors and different, you know, if you, if you, especially if you saw any symbols or anything like that and you, and you can remember what they looked like. Cause I can never do this. For some reason. <laughs> they don't want me to draw the symbols yeah. in the 3d reality, I guess, <laughs> um, whoever they are, <laughs> but, uh, different things like that. And then, um, One of the big things too. And so, yeah, like recording it is really important. Um, and then, you know, one of the things I tell people to do is like go down some rabbit holes with it. So if you saw primarily blue colors or the blues really stuck out for you, look up the color blue. What does it mean? What are the spiritual significance of that? You know, it corresponds to the throat chakra. What's that about for you? Is there something going on there for you? You know, do you struggle with? using your voice and speaking your truth and your needs. Um And then, you know, if you did see symbols or different like culture, like a lot of times people will see things from different cultures and you kind of get the vibe like, oh, this is some sort of like Mayan thing, then go on Google and start to look up like Mayan symbols. Um Look up, um, you know, statues of lions, right? And then like go and see if you can find something akin to what you saw. Because sometimes you'd be surprised, like things will show up and you're like, oh my God, that is, that was in my journey. Like I have a friend who was, he saw this, like it was like a lion bird thing that he saw in one of his uh, mushroom trips. And um then he was traveling down in like South America somewhere and went to this place and there was a statue of this lion bird thing. And he wow. was freaking out because he saw it. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, so it's like, go down the rabbit holes, you know, Um, because really psychedelics is like, I think you said this earlier at some point, maybe like drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> so you're getting so much information that like anything that you can grab onto and remember, like, run with that because there's probably like, that is an anchor point to some of the other stuff that you got that you maybe forgot, or maybe it's going to build, um, or there's like a message for you in that. So yeah, that's one of the, one of the recommendations too. Um, and really, I would say too, just like continuing on in your process as well because it is an it's an unfolding and it's never going to stop you know like i said i'm still processing journeys from over 10 years ago
0: yeah that's such a good point and something that i wanted to bring up so when people consistently do these plant medicines like over and over and over and over again they're not really integrating they're just dredging up more and more stuff that's when you kind of get into the dark side of it when there is the overuse so maybe we can transition into that so what happens to somebody when they're I think abusing the medicine might be too harsh of a term, but getting close to abusing Uh the medicine. How can that translate?
1: Yeah. Psychedelics are interesting. (laughs) So, you know, they act as these like catalysts and portals into true healing. But like you can overdo it if you're not doing the conscious critical reflection of self and like what is coming out of you, what you're experiencing and seeing. Um, They can become an escape a band-aid or a tool to bypass with because, you know, as you know, and as uh, probably a lot of your listeners know, it takes a lot of work to deconstruct traumas and um, especially, re- you know, religious traumas. Um, so this is, this is not mine, but it did come out in this conversation and I'm sure, you know, it's other places, but um, really like this, this piece of like, like think about it, like you're, you're cutting down through layers, right. And you're most likely not going to access the deepest, darkest layer right away. That's not to say it couldn't happen, right? Because I mean, psychedelics are wild. So anything (laughs) that can happen will happen um, or can happen. So, but for the most part, like you're working your way through the layers. But if you start to use them a lot and with, you know, maybe not a lot of intentionality, not a lot of integration, you're not coming also, you're not coming back to ground back into this reality where we all keep waking up every day at least I do I think
0: <laughs> um,
1: so you're not coming back here f- like fully and grounding in and um so you can become more and more and more untethered and mm-hmm. then you're also accessing deeper layers that maybe you're not ready for right um so that's when you know. I think that the deeper you go, the more darkness starts to come out. The shadow we've buried quite deeply within us. Um, so, yeah, the deeper you go, the more that that comes out. And if you're really not doing the integration work, then you're not re- like you're not going to be in a space where that's going to be a supportive experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be much more damaging. Um and then like I said too, yeah, you just get sometimes too far out. (laughs) Rob Doss is coming in. Far out (laughs) (laughs) But you can go too far. You can go too far out. Um and it's uh yeah, it's scary. You know, you can have you can induce psychosis. Um yeah, so y- you have to be careful. I always try to go with my, my intuition. And even if I'm really excited about a journey, I've been planning it for a while or whatever, or like, even, even like, Oh, it's a, it's festival time and I'm going to do some psychedelics at a festival or something. Um, but if I've been doing it a lot recently or I'm just not feeling really up to it. I've learned that my lesson the hard way <laughs> with that too. Um and so yeah, I try to use my intuition and my discernment now and like even if I'm really excited about it and I want to do it, if something in me is like mm mm then I listen because I've learned that lesson. Um and some some of us need to learn things our own way and the hard way. (laughs) Um, And and hopefully some of your listeners can take my word for it that uh, you don't need to go that far out uh, to learn that lesson. Um, Yeah, to to get there.
0: I love that you brought that up. There have been times where I've been at festivals where it feels like people are doing plant medicine just to do it without really... (laughs) any sort of intention of bettering themselves or maybe they just want to have a good time, which is okay too. But I think (laughs) it's one plant medicine and then you add another one and then you add another one and then you add another one. And then at that point, what are you really learning besides you are high as a kite (laughs) and can't (laughs) communicate with those around you? So I think it's an important discussion to like you said, ground in, to set an intention, to be clear about what's going on, about who you're going to be journeying with. Um are they uh-huh. equipped to help you if you need a lot of help? Are you in are you physically, like you we were just saying, set and setting, if you're are you physically in a place where you are safe? Um, the first time I did mushrooms, I was up on a mountain and all I kept thinking was I'm pretty sure I'm going to get eaten by a mountain lion or wolf or something like I just was so (laughs) out of my body that I just the whole time kept thinking, hope I don't get eaten right now. And it was just not smart. So yeah, learn through my experience, learn through your own, whichever, but (laughs) just know that set setting and community is really, really important. And I also Mm -hmm. wanted you to talk on because you are in such a vulnerable state where you can get eaten by a mountain lion or something, (laughs) it can put you in scenarios where you can get taken advantage of. So that's also a side of psychedelics that a lot of people don't talk about. And I think it's really important Mm -hmm. that we touch on that. So what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, can I, can I just add something to, to what you said?
0: Yes, please.
1: Um, Before I go there. Yeah. um, I, I, I want to add this as well because I think that, um, like with psychedelics coming more and more into the mainstream culture and the medical kind of the medicalization of psychedelics, um, and taken out of community and out of grassroots and, and out of the hands of indigenous people who've been using them for thousands and thousands of years. I do like to point out, and I, I'm a really firm believer too, and like, like, whether it's ceremonial or recreational, you can still like, you still can and do learn things. Mm -hmm. And so, but, but that intention is important. So I think it's, you know, for me, it's just been about like, not lying to myself about why I'm doing things. You know, sometimes I want ceremony and I, I want to go in and do some healing. And sometimes I just want a break. And I want mm. to have fun and I want to play and I want to re like connect with people and dance my face off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so I just I'm I, you know, I'll, I'm intentional about that. I'm like, OK, I'm taking psychedelics to have a blast today, you know, or get creative or whatever. And and that we can still learn and glean things from those experiences obviously if you're like totally off your head um you know you might not be able to bring much back yes <laughs> from that um but just knowing that you know even in recreation like at least for me at least like I, it was fun and recreational, but things were still revealed. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't get out of doing the work, that's for sure. Um So yeah, I just wanted to make that point too, because I think that we can overemphasize like ceremony and all of that and then like forget to play and have fun too. And yeah, so really embracing the sacred and the profane because they're two sides of the same coin
0: to me. Yes. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up.
1: Yeah. Now I'll get into the kind of – being careful, being careful because you're being put into a vulnerable state, right? You are expanding your consciousness. Um, and so the people around you, the space, even like the music I've been in spaces where the music is weird and something's going on and the frequencies aren't right. And I'm like physically sick reacting to it kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So I, I wanted to use this time that we had to like inform and educate around these pieces because I think that there is a lot of, uh, nuances in this, in, in this psychedelic work and, and just using psychedelics in general. Um, and in the communities that center around healing using psychedelics, there's a lot of misnuance. Um, so as I've been, Journeying down my path with neurodivergence, especially I've really come to realize that unless people are actively and curiously examining their inner lives and their thoughts, feelings, beliefs, filters, experiences, and monitoring those things while they're diving into those deeper, deeper layers of their subconscious, um, which, um, from, you know, being a clinical hypnotherapist, learning that the subconscious is what stores all of those things, which is unbeknownst to most people. So that means we don't actually have like conscious access to that all of the time. So then all that shit in there, everything that you ever repressed, misunderstood, got like glommed onto, that's going to come out on a spectrum of trauma responses that will literally like shape who you are, like we talked about earlier. And so you know, sometimes what we think is normal in our experience is actually not or not intended to be. So meaning for some people, their trauma is so deep and ingrained that it's, you know, become part of them and that anything repressed, um, or anything that is so deep and ingrained that you don't realize is like separate from you kind of a thing. It becomes you. It finds ways out eventually. And so space is filled with open vulnerable especially people that are new um to consciousness exploration and expansion those are perfect playgrounds for perpetrator victim dynamics to play out my trauma is going to meet your trauma and like depending on what that's going to do when those parts start dancing um You know, we might have a, we might have something go on there. So this is what psychedelics can open up. They're as beautiful as they are horrific when it comes to showing us the good, the bad, the darkest parts of ourselves and each other. Um, and so I, I think that it's really in whether we can accept those aspects of ourselves and each other and then choose to shift them and overcome them and work with them in a way where we attempt to prevent as much harm as possible in that process. But, You know, there are cases of abuses of power, um, abusing substances. Like we talked about, um, vulnerability issues. So yeah, you're, maybe you've regressed to a childlike state. Someone has triggered your trauma in the moment and now you're six years old. Are you ready for that? If you're in the middle of a festival, are you ready for that? (laughs) You know, and in some cases, like, um, Pure, like, torturous deletion of self and soul. Um, you know, in, in shamanic work, they talk about soul loss, right? Or, um, needing to go back in and do, uh, retrievals for people because we can lose pieces of ourselves during traumas or we dissociate and that piece, like, kind of floats out until we can go find it and pull it back. Um, so, yeah, I think that, um, until we can start addressing so much of this, like, ingrained patriarchy, late stage capitalism ableism um negligence and abuses of power in psychedelic spaces and all spaces like let's be honest right right? (laughs) y'all y'all come from mormonism like you know what that's like this is going to keep happening again and again um so you know psychedelics are just bringing the shadow into the light that's what they do um they do that for us and they do that on a big scale. They'll do it in groups of people, in communities. Um, so, you know, how do we keep ourselves safe? Well, there's a lot of like, I, I could give you kind of like a, a list of things, but I think, you know, if we're, if I'm, I'm sort of like I'm a little bit too meta right now, perhaps, but I think that you have to be prepared and ready to hold space For yourself, for others, um, for like the visceral, the, the fucking ugly, the fucking ugly, the, the piss and shit and blood of life (laughs) and the, the dark spaces you want to pretend don't exist, right? right? It's a mess, but it's life. I hate it and I love it. It's that duality. Um, but it is always better to navigate that with community and with, safe people. Just to finish off this thought, like I had a, I had a mentor and we gave a talk together at a festival and our talk was called, do psychedelics make you less of an asshole? (laughs) And uh, the answer is it depends. Um, So, you know, just knowing that like, there's a whole host of factors going into whether you will be safe, whether someone else is safe, whether a space is safe, um, including what what you're bringing in that that bag of stuff with you your traumas your attachment style um, how you how you tend to cope whether you have the ability to emotionally regulate how much work you've done going in prior to starting to do work with psychedelics um, you know if people don't do that work and and meet the dark parts of themselves and be willing to like integrate those parts so that they don't hurt people um Then what can happen with psychedelics is it can make you more of an asshole. Like you can go on that route of, um, where on the extreme may manifest in in something like severe clinical narcissism. But if you walk that back a bit to like a subclinical level, um, you know, you may still end up causing harm to others just where your stuff's coming out sideways, you know, your shadow's coming out unconsciously. Um, towards other people.
0: Yeah, I think this is such an important topic. And the reason why we're doing this episode because not many people talk about the dark side of psychedelics. Mm -hmm. And I hope this episode isn't coming across as a downer because (laughs) we both are definitely proponents of psychedelics can help with a multitude of things. I think just for this episode specifically, we wanted to get into the nitty gritty dirty stuff that often doesn't make mainstream media. So yeah. Stick around, yes. <laughs> we uh, we love psychedelics. We just want to show all sides of psychedelics, so that if you or someone that you love wants to participate, you have all the facts. And this is the perfect time. Disclaimer: We are not offering medical advice. Anything that we say is in our own experience and in her own um, expert clinical experience. It depends on the person, and we're going to get into that in a second. So. It's a very personal journey, and that's something that you need to decide for yourself through your own research and see if it is right for you. So maybe we jump into it now. Who is a good candidate for psychedelics? Actually, let's start with who's not. Who's not a good candidate for psychedelics?
1: I am not a doctor. I'm not a pharmacist. um, But luckily, some of these people have, have done the work to, to sort out at least, you know, medically. Some guidelines. Yeah, some guidelines. So, um, and then just mentally as well, right? So really when we're looking at who might not be a good candidate for psychedelics, um, as we kind of mentioned, like, if you're currently not doing very well, so if you're in an active crisis, if you're experiencing a lot of instability in your life, that could just be like a lot of changes, you're moving or something, or you're having trouble securing housing, um, right? Not the time to break things open further. You've got enough on your plate. So we want to make sure that somebody has enough stability in their life because psychedelics are destabilizing. I mean, that's kind of the point. <laughs> So, um, there's that we also want to, uh, avoid psychedelics. If you are prone to psychosis, if you have schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder yourself, or even in your immediate family, um, because sometimes psychedelics can open that up, uh, in, in people, um, also certain personality disorders, um, are encouraged. People with certain personality disorders are encouraged to stay away from psychedelics. Um, although I do know a lot of folks with BPD, that's borderline personality disorder, um, that do use psychedelics, but, um, they have some pretty intense experiences. They've got a lot of trauma. Um, I don't love the BPD label also, by the way, just like for the record, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think it's a bit of a cop-out and a lot of women end up pegged with that diagnosis and we get our emotions medicalized, our trauma medicalized, but, um, yeah, Certain personality disorders, you want to be careful. Um, and then physical things like heart stuff, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, uh, if you have brain tumors, kidney problems, um, spinal issues or other medical conditions that could be made worse by the tremors and shaking and spasms that can happen um, with different psychedelics. You want to make sure that, um, you don't have current active or historical diagnosis of any neurological disorders. So stroke, epilepsy, or serious brain injury. Um, I do know that they've used certain psychedelics to help people with traumatic brain injury. Um, although I believe that that would not be likely like when it's really bad. Um, but again, not a doctor, so I don't actually know. Um, and then there has actually been some research too that's come out stating that or showing that people with hyperthyroidism are more susceptible to having serious serotonin syndrome, um, following MDMA administration. Mm. So found that interesting. Just kind of like, just so you know, everybody. Yeah. Um, and then people that are in acute, uh, addiction, uh, currently in active addiction or active withdrawal. Um, that could be medically dangerous. It just also indicates that you're, you're, you're going through some instability. Um, and then, you know, people who have untreated anger management issues, um, because again, that stuff can come out and then you might be turning your house into a rage room which you probably don't want to do <laughs> um and then of course different medications to avoid uh maois is definitely one um there's mixed evidence now uh, with ssris and snris you do want to be careful um, because serotonin syndrome is a thing um but uh, there is some some mixed evidence um and as well i guess st john's wort too um and then of course if you're on any antipsychotics um then that indicates that you probably have, uh, some schizoaffective going on or something like that. So that would already, um, kind of take you off the list. Um, and then if you're feeling currently, um, or actively suicidal or homicidal, uh, probably not a good idea to alter your state. Um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, if you are a uterus having person and you're pregnant or you're breastfeeding, definitely not a good idea. <laughs> yeah
0: pretty extensive list. And again, these are all guidelines based on research that is out there and please do your own research. Um, But we just wanted to lay out all the facts. So what about the list for people who are good candidates? If you've made it this far, you're probably wanting to try it. So let's see who is a good candidate.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you would be not having any of those other things going on necessarily um but then really this is kind of an, a different list it was interesting making these lists because I was like wow this is like who is a good candidate is a is much different list and and I probably missed some things too um but essentially when I think about that I think okay somebody who is really ready to deep dive into their healing journey. And they have some level of uh coping. They have some tools. You know, they have the ability to express emotionally, um, to regulate their emotions. Um, And that doesn't mean you have to be really good at it. It just means like, you know, preferably you've done some therapy or something because you're gonna like, it's like, that would be like, learning how to swim by throwing yourself into the deep end, right out the gate, yeah. you're probably going to drown, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, And then, of course, if you are looking to process traumas and other unprocessed emotions, you're looking to go deeper. Um, those who can remain curious, I think that's a very good thing to have that curiosity um, those who have already been through some really difficult dark emotions um, or experiences in their lives because those can and will surface and then that what that kind of tells me is like you made it through you've made mm-hmm. it through some shit so you know if some shit happens in this we'll make it through that too um, someone who's definitely ready to have their worldview completely changed potentially get ready for that rocked yeah (laughs) like you think you're you know it's like you were living in the upside down and then you came out the other side and you're like wait where am i yes (laughs) i I didn't want to say going into the upside down because i'm like (laughs) actually i think it's more like coming out of hell (laughs) or people will say this feels more real than reality yeah um yeah so definitely get ready to be rocked um you know if you're seeking additional perspectives Um, and even like for people that are kind of later in, in life, um, maybe they're newer to therapy in general, so they've gone, but they don't want to spend years in talk therapy when we know psychedelics can help us process massive amounts of, of emotions and content and thoughts and, and trauma in a short period of time. Have you done any therapy before? Is there some awareness of like what sorts of traumas and issues might come up for you. Um, can you be honest about what's really there? What's really happening for you? Even if it's hard to admit or hard to talk about, you know, if you find a dark part of yourself, are you going to be able to tell your guide or sitter about that? Talk to your psychedelic friends about that. Um, talk to your therapist about that. Um, do you have enough support around you? Right? Do you what is your support system like? Um, do you even have anybody that you can talk to about your experiences that will understand it um, or at least be open to trying to understand it? Um and then thinking about things like, you know, what what will you do if you have a difficult experience that leaves you destabilized? Cause that can happen. Um, or what about something that surfaces that you don't want to deal with? But now it's affecting you every day because you saw it and now you can't unsee it. So, you know, are you ready for things to be shown to you that you might not want to see? And then that's going to like not just impact your journey. It's going to impact your whole life. Um And, you know, really also contemplating like, are you ready to change in ways that disrupt the delicate balance that you have in your current relationships? Um Because those might actually be based in coping mechanisms versus your actual loving authenticity. And so when you learn things about yourself and start to integrate that and shift, your partner might not like that. Your friends might not like that. Your parents, your, your, you know, your coworkers. Um, it's like people pleasing, you know, if that goes, people might start to get upset because they're not getting what they want from you anymore but you're standing up for what you need and for healthy boundaries um, out of love after you've done some deep work. So you're gonna, your foundation can get rocked, your perspective, like the way you see the world, and then that ripples out into your life. Again, I don't think that that's a bad thing, but you want to be ready for that. And then, you know, another thing I think is, is important, and I don't really hear it talked about a lot, is, um, you know, do you have a foundational, like, philosophy where you can ground into that to help you make sense of any really intense transpersonal experiences, transpersonals beyond the self? Um, because, you know, Otherwise, like you get rocked and and then how the hell do I make sense of like you said, like I met aliens. Okay. well, how do I make sense of that? How does that fit in my philosophy of how I understand the world and my place in it? If I don't have a space for aliens, I mean, I'll have to create one, but like that might be really, really difficult. So do you have (laughs) a foundational philosophy? I love non-duality for this. I love Eastern traditions for this. I've been lucky to have that philosophy from actually had it before I had my awakening and it was my awakening that confirmed non-duality for me. Um, also thinking about how attached are you to your current beliefs and philosophies because might get taken away (laughs) you might think you know something and you know how reality works and then psychedelics are like oh yeah that's cute you think you know how this goes oh yeah you think time Um, is
0: linear watch this (laughs) yeah
1: yeah yeah check this out (laughs) right um so yeah there's sort of and i and i know it's like a strange a strange list but these are pieces that you really want to consider um And if you're ready for those things and you have those philosophies, et cetera, like then, you know, that might make you a a good candidate.
0: I think if I were to summarize that entire list, it would be, are you ready for change? And that's in all facets, facet, fats. It's in all facets of your life. It's the mind, body, soul, environment, community. If you're willing to. Basically, level up, just know that that comes with some breaking away, as you mentioned. And I'm really glad you brought that up. That if you're in a relationship that isn't serving you and you're only in it because of program beliefs of your past and you wake up to it, know that things may fall away, people may fall away. And yes, it's hard and it's difficult, but you're leveling up. So you're going to find and attract the people who can come into your life in a healthy way and you can have better relationships. So It can be scary. Change is always scary, right? Um, Yeah. So just being willing to accept the change with open arms and, okay, I'm ready to go on this journey. There's a reason they call plant medicine trips journeys, because you go on a journey, and it's the never-ending journey, as we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. It's ongoing. You're continuously learning from it, growing, evolving. So if you can integrate, as you have mentioned, if you can... Um, be open to the new experiences and really treat it with respect, you're going to be good to go. So, oh my gosh, this was such a great conversation. It went by so fast. Um, Yeah. Before we go, I need your Linda Listen moment. Anything that you want to say to someone who's pissed you off or if you want to go the inspirational route, we can do that too. something that you want to say to our listeners here.
1: Linda, listen. Self-reflexivity is no longer an option, but a necessity. If we are going to survive on this planet, remembering that, like I said, indigenous cultures have been expanding their consciousnesses, connecting to the earth through the use of these mind expanding substances and plants for thousands of years. And I think it's time that we hop on board to being part of the solution here. Amen. Instead of the problem.
0: How can people find you? Can people work with you? Give us your, your Instagram or, or however they can get in touch with you.
1: I am currently in private practice. I might be a good fit for you if you're somebody that's at the edge and you're ready to like make that leap and make some serious changes in your life. If you're interested in healing through expanded states of consciousness, um, if you are experiencing or have experienced us spiritual emergence so your spirituality is coming online getting into the woo shit um (laughs) or you've experienced expanded states of consciousness and you're wanting to do some integration um if you're neurodivergent or you suspect that you are and maybe you're struggling to find a counselor that seems to understand you and your struggles or you're not really getting much out of the therapy that you are doing, um, as well if you have any chronic illness, chronic pain, uh, especially endometriosis, I am your gal. Um, and yeah, if you also want to, um, dive into your subconscious through hypnotherapy to deprogram and reprogram and connect with aspects of yourself, heal energetic pathways of unhealthy behaviors. Um, and that's one way that we can get into altered states of consciousness without having to take substances. I do have a website where you can connect, uh, with me and learn a little bit more about what I do, uh, and what also my medicine partner does. Um, and that is at W www.soulconnections.ca yeah check that out and see if there's anything you
0: like well Brittany you're just a lovely human being with so much information to give so I really appreciate you taking your time to share your thoughts with us for all of our listeners thank you so much for your support I do have a patreon now if you want to support the podcast I would super appreciate it thank you so much for watching and until next time follow your highest excitement be conscious and be well thanks for listening if you like what you hear, it would mean a lot if you could like and subscribe on YouTube and leave a review or a comment to help with our visibility. You can also find me on social media at colts to consciousness or reach out by email at colts 2 at gmail.com.